I think I did that right. Did I do? Yeah, I said recording. Did I do, but did I do cloud or did I do? I guess it doesn't matter. One way or the other, it'll be safe. Got a beard and it's looking something fierce. Having beers with one peers and talking rap careers. Reflecting on the years, connecting on the tears. Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears. I'm bringing you fresh music. I'm bringing fresh ideas. I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers. Chilling after shows and talking about the pain with people who learned how to face it and be sane. Sipping on a brew, doing interviews. No topics off the table, but we focus on breakthroughs. So kick up your feet, we're gonna put it in check. You're listening to brews, beards, and shipwrecks. One, two, one, two, a mic check, stone bands, Royal Ruckus on the scene, just to announce. We got the brews, we got the beards, tasty interviews for your ears to hear. One, two, one, two, a mic check, stone bands, Royal Ruckus on the scene, just to announce. We got the brews, we got the beards, tasty interviews for your ears to hear. Welcome to another episode of Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. I'm your host, Jamie Bennett, also known as Chun Jay from Royal Ruckus. I'm here today with my boy, Nomadic Vagabond. Dude, how you been, man? I've been good. You know, we just uh, settling into fall here in Oregon. Nice uh, rainy day with <laughs> orange leaves. Um, yeah. Trying to tame my beard from, you know, you wear a mask long enough and it gets this little indent. <laughs> so, you know, but, but yeah, yeah I, I was dealing with the indent for a while too. Now, my beard is not as big as yours, but uh, especially during the, the pandemic uh, lockdown times, uh, you know, I was growing my beard out a little bit more. So I saw yeah. that a lot. But here in Florida, it's like there's not a not as much masking going on. And of course, oh, yeah. as you can tell, my beard is uh, pretty nicely trimmed. So I yeah. haven't had mask beard in a while. <laughs> but mask beard is kind of gross and uh uh but not not like the shape it's like right. when the mask and the beard like mesh yeah well and like i've i've wear i've tried different ones like since at work all day since i got to wear one i'll wear um kind of like you know the gators that you can kind of pull up oh yeah actually, i got it from a brewery because you know old yeah. swag um so it's nice but it's what it does is almost like twist it into like one thing so <laughs> i don't quite get that indent but i get the this yeah. little twist and then, of course, it always being in my mouth. So there's, there's times I thought about trimming it, but I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I, uh, you know, I was digging the gators there for a while. I figured if we were going to do this pandemic thing, we might as well do it in style. Mm -hmm. So I was buying all these really cool gators and stuff. Um, and actually, I also justified it like, man, this will be cool to rock later. Like, I got some Tribe Called Quest ones, yeah, so I got, like, I some classic that. hip hop ones yep. and um i even got it like an orthodox one had an orthodox cross which just yeah. looked badass when yeah. you pull it over your face uh that said i got so tired of wearing masks and i still wear them like in the doctor's office and stuff like that you know so uh, if, if there's yeah exactly and if, if there's a you know if there's a store that asked me to i i, I do um but like now i'm like i don't want to rock those gators anymore it's <laughs> we'll see we'll see maybe down the road but you can use them as headbands or a mock turtleneck uh, yeah, I like that, except I live in Florida. Right. Um, <laughs> but so speaking of, it's been amazing lately. I was just thinking about it. Last October was really crazy in, in South Florida with the rain and everything. And I feel like it's been a much more mild October. Um, so I just wanted to catch up with you for a minute. Like, you know, I, I mentioned last time that uh, we had a baby and mm -hmm. 
So like my mother-in-law has been here. She's, she's from out of, you know, out of state and uh, has been helping us. It's been really nice that the weather's been good. Uh, we can do the baby thing on the porch and like, you know, it's, it's been cool, but um, I keep hearing about everybody. They're like trying to decide, do I turn my heater on? Do I do this? Do I do no? Like in, I'm still cranking the AC year round, Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> But so even then, though, I've had to spend a little more time indoors than I've wanted to, because uh, I don't know, I think I've mentioned on the on this show that um, I'm in like a master's of theology program. Um, Maybe I haven't mentioned on the show, but I know I've told you. um, But like that's been just keeping me super busy. And it's like another part time job uh, on top of all the other things I do. So I'm not complaining, actually. I really love it. It's been right. like really enriching my my life. And like, I feel so mentally stimulated. Yeah. Sometimes a little mentally tired. Yeah. Um, but like the, you know, the one thing that uh, I'm bummed out about that it has like crowded out is my music. You know, there just hasn't been a lot of time to work on Royal Ruckus. Um, I'm also like not even posting on our Instagram and stuff unless I'm talking about this show. So but w- wow. what's up with you, man? um man i mean just got back from a week of vacation and so it's always getting back into work it's like i don't know it's like you either hit the ground running or like my first day back i was kind of like so what do i do here because i was just so detached from work yeah yeah (laughs) then but when i got there then my assistant is taking the week off so it's like you know it's just i'm every day just boom 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 so i come home and i'm just you know, I keep, I try to get a little bit as far as editing on the podcast and stuff, you know, keep yeah. movement, but there's times I'm just like, I come home and I'm just like, you're saying, I'm just, I'm physically and mentally exhausted, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, it sounds like we both got a lot going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of having a lot going on, so if you needed to handle something. <laughs> so let me, let me ask you about a shirt I see you wearing. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, one of the things we always do on this podcast seems like it's talk about what we see, um, you know, because the people can't see it. But here I, I am. say for all the people who listen, we talk about what we see. <laughs> exactly. So so we got to describe it a little bit. But yeah, so I'm actually rocking one of my favorite shirts. It's a V-neck. I don't wear V-necks a whole lot, but uh, it says, you know, drink some coffee, put on gangster rap and handle it. And like, you know, talking about how busy we've been this shirt motivates me like when you got to just get down to it put on some gangster rap and get to it um this shirt is actually from like a coffee shop in chattanooga that i encountered when i was on tour uh mean mug coffee shop um i didn't play there but i had coffee there but here's the thing all afternoon i've been rocking my drums and rums t-shirt for a podcast that is really amazing really fresh but when i was eating dinner uh a meatball fell down my chest (laughs) and it did not matter how much i went at it with the water i I thought you were gonna say you got a you know with a baby i thought we were gonna say you got barfed on you know i guess i could have blamed it on that but i thought you know the podcast people won't know that my shirt is dirty but the people i'm talking to will know and uh but the the reason i wore this shirt not not the not the gangster rap shirt. Right. The reason I wore the drums and rum shirt is because my my good friend Paul Robertson has this amazing podcast called Drums and Rums. And it's about guess what? 
drums and rums. No, it's 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 about music and distilled spirits, right? And I thought about how we have a show that's about like beards and hip hop and craft beer. Mm-hmm. And I thought there is a lot of overlap. And then of course, drums and rums, like rum immediately makes me think of like shipwrecks. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. So without further ado, let's welcome my friend Paul to our show. What's going on, man? Hey, thanks guys. It's good to be on the show here. Uh, I know uh, we've got a lot of, uh, I guess I got the beards part, right? You know, yeah, dude. There's a little bit of, right? A little bit of shipwreck going on there. That's, uh, you're right. It's a, <laughs> He's it's holding a up a prop. Right. It's a rum bottle shaped like a cannon, right? This is Bombarda rum and they're local here in uh, South Florida. And so again, it looks like a, you know, right. Part of the shipwreck kind of stuff. And uh, so, yeah, thanks for having me on. Man, we're really glad to have you on. Now we're going to, we're going to get to know you over the next uh, hour or so and uh, but, you know, I just want to give a few words of introduction. So, you know, you're a drummer, you're a podcaster, you're a career man, a husband, a father. Uh, speaking of shirts, you're rocking the hip hop tacos and life royal ruckus shirt. Uh, so you actually, you know, a little known fact, one of the things far down on the resume is that you've done some drumming with Royal Ruckus. So you're almost even like an extended member of the family. I updated the Wikipedia to, to say that too. <laughs> He's like, do you have dream. a Wikipedia page? <laughs> no, 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 you do. You, you do. Right. Or, or, well, I guess you didn't realize it. Maybe I updated it and I just inserted myself. <laughs> He's you like know, the Wik- Jerobi of Royal Ruckus. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Man. It, I only figured out that one about a, a tribe called quest. Like a few years ago, they had like this hidden member. So like, you're our hidden member. Uh, That's okay. <laughs> so, uh, so I think actually it would be a great to start with what we're drinking. Um, because that, that's something we normally do sometime on the show. But since we both have shows that overlap with what we're sipping on, what are you sipping on, Paul? So I am sipping on, uh, as I just showed there, Bombarda. They are... Hmm. Uh, they, they are, that's what you've got tonight. That's right. This is a 18 year blended rum. Um, again, I'll show you there. This is the bottle there. And nice. this is some really good stuff. Um, so this is a little bit premium rum. Uh, so I'm going with that tonight. Again, they're uh, like a lot of the folks that I have on the podcast. Uh, you know, everyone's kind of trying to cra- craft, you know, and we could talk a little bit more about this too, is I've seen that very much a parallel about craft beers and the craft rum industry is where I think craft rum is where the start of a lot of the craft brewing happened about what maybe mm. you guys, you guys know, you guys know this better than I do about like maybe 10 years ago when all of a sudden they exploded. Yeah. So we'd have to talk about it. So yeah. So Bombard is our, uh, my uh, drink of choice here, my drums and rums, a uh, little oh, uh, beautiful, beautiful. There you go. That's so. awesome. So, so what, cheers, what, guys. Cheers. Uh, what about you, Nomadic? What are you What are you sipping on? Um, well, I actually i got I got three things, right? Because I was going to okay. try and do a little cocktail, and so there's this. Uh, so there's a local coffee uh, roaster called Stumptown. I think they're pretty well known now. Oh yeah. But um, they have a cascara soda, which is like the coffee berry, and so I remember taking a drink of it. I'm like, oh, this would be good with rum. So mm-hmm. I made like a little cocktail earlier, and it was super good. 
Nice. Um, so I'm, I've got that open sipping that. And then I'm also sipping this uh, fest beer from a local brewery called um, Rosenstadt. Uh, that is uh, seasonally appropriate. Yeah. And I figured, you know, I was like, I, was like, I love Oktoberfest beers. And then um, the last thing I'm sipping is things how we're doing rum. I brought um, Appleton Estate. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you can't go wrong with it, Appleton. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, nice. Um, you know, it's funny. I brought out two other rums just because I didn't know how long this is going to be, right? Um, I, I found this one, the Real McCoy. Um, it's the uh, it's the white rum. Mm-hmm. It's, it's three year. I had their other stuff and like I didn't like it as much, but this one was pretty good. And it was it was uh, twenty bucks for a fifth. Okay. Nice. So it's nice. pretty smooth. Um, and then the other one I brought, which is probably the favorite that I've had so far, but like the Kirk and Sweeney. It's, the, it's dominican um that one's super good and they have a grand reserve i wanted to get but it was like 60 bucks and my wife was like well i would like to get some too so i'm like all right <laughs> the, yeah, the so, wife had to draw the line somewhere huh yeah you know i, I, I got you know <laughs> got to share <laughs> did you write did you like put a sharpie on the bottle and says here's how much i get i drink to about here and then you get yeah. the rest <laughs> yeah that's what i should have done <laughs> That's a great idea. Have you done that? That sounds like you have personal experience, Paul. No, well, no, my, my wife, uh, she is, she does enjoy the rum with me and she's been, you know, probably as long as we've been together is, uh, you know, probably more, more so a rum, a rum person. Really? Um, but she still hasn't kind of acquired that appreciation yet for some of the, uh, non, you know, the Caribbean style kind of rum. Again, there's a lot gotcha. of styles how rum is made. And uh, it even goes, this goes back to before I even started the podcast, when Sammy Hagar sold his tequila business and he went into rum, he you know, made a beach bar rum and, you know, it's like a Hawaiian rum. There was a, uh, you know, once we finally got our hands on it, we were like, try it. And we're like, this is not what we're used to. Right. Uh, and, yeah. and there's a lot of different rums and I've had a lot of guests that has come on through the podcast, talk about that. Uh, Ian Burrell, the global rum ambassador had talked really good about how, you know, rum is to every country, their, their version or how they make it, you yeah. know, and kind of like probably whiskey, right. Yeah. Uh, there's a different, you know, probably rum is probably the most vast about there's really no set rules, you know, like bourbon, Bourbon has to be made and certain kind of things acquired. And even rum, uh, agricole rum is also a little bit like that too. There's a certain, you know, uh, r- you know, quote unquote rules, but rum is, yeah, the rum is made probably almost anywhere. And uh, a lot of folks that don't know is just because it's made from sugar doesn't mean it's necessary, has a lot of sugar in it in the final product, right. unless it's yeah. been finished or added and so forth. Sure. So. Yeah, because the the sugar ferments out. I mean, right. it, 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 even in the uh, you know beers and everything, like it's the alcohol comes from sugars right. in the grains that get right. fermented out into the alcohol. Right, right. Well, so, and yep. it, it's the same thing like with brandy. It's like you get ones that are like you know, there's like the Metoxa, like the Reserva, which is sweeter, but then you get some other brandies. Like there's like some American brandy I've had that like it almost tastes like whiskey yeah you know oh yeah totally right right so you, even though if you're not making it in a certain place or or bourbon that's or whiskey or you know that, that's made in virgin oak barrels that's the key thing about bourbon is that it, it has to be made in virgin oak 
And okay. if not, and that's probably why you see so much uh, bourbon beer or bourbon, you know, other kind of yeah. uh, collaborations. Sure. And even rum is like that too. They have a lot of stuff that gets aged in uh, bourbon barrels because, you know, the, the bourbon companies have no need for these barrels now because they're no longer virgin. Right. right. So it's uh so if we ever, sure. you know, they're, they're getting I, a second life out of the barrel. Right. Right. So, uh, so if we wanted to actually pick on, pick on everybody and go, you know, and all the environmentalists is talk about how, you know, the bourbon, you know, all, all this booze industry is like cutting <laughs> trees down and, you know, uh, now again, I haven't looked into the, how that all, <laughs> how that, how that all goes into the, maybe they have a whole uh, replanting of trees. Cause obviously, you know, you got to cut wood down to, to age your barrels and so forth. Well, nobody's had anything aged in bamboo barrels. So oh, there you go. I like there's there a go. missed market. We, yeah, yeah, we have, well, I think we got something here. So, <laughs> well, uh, so I, I want to actually come back to brandy and stuff and, and I want to go deeper on rum in a little bit, but uh, you know, we do talk a lot about craft beer on this show. Of course, we also talk about coffee and things like that. But uh, tonight, I brought the Due South Category 3 IPA. I brought this for a couple reasons. Number one, uh, Paul and I are both uh, Floridians. And uh, so Due South is here in uh, Boynton Beach. And they're great. Uh, they're unfortunately going out of business. Um, they are trying to find a buyer. Um, I think, I think mostly they're hoping to unload their intellectual property. So they're going away. I don't know what all happened that led to that. I do know they're fantastic. They make great beer. They make some of the best beer in the area. And that was surprising, Jamie, is to hear that, to hear that recently them come out that they are looking to, uh, you know, I, I, I don't say go out of business, but stop ceasing their operations to think that you're right is yeah. the the name alone and the, 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 their, their recipes is like, why haven't they? And I don't know if the pandemic really hit them hard or yeah. Uh, yeah. That's unfortunate. So yeah. So this is our opportunity to crowdfund, uh, <laughs> you know, Jamie and nomadic is going to start up a beer company oh, yeah. here in South we're, Florida. We're going to buy out their recipes and their brand. Yes. So crowdfunding. I guess I'm moving to Florida. Hey, you know, you guys, if you build it, they will come. You put in the funds. We will run that brewery. There you go. You heard it. <laughs> How long have they been around? So um, I'm, I could be wrong about this. I want to say around 2015, um, maybe 2014. And I say that because I moved here in 2014. Uh, I knew some of the backstories because I, I had a friend who uh, was the head brewer at Funky Buddha for a while. Uh, I know like, I don't know what his title is, but like, I know this dude who's like head scientist at Funky Buddha, whatever. So like, I got some of like the local gossip of the breweries. Um, and I think it was around 2015, because there was some movement between breweries like this brewer gets hired by that, you know, yeah, whatever. Um, so they haven't had a very long run at it. And they, their operation was mostly like a warehouse, though. So I always thought it was really smart because they did minimal overhead and they focused on getting their beers out there into the restaurants and into the stores. Um, they weren't like big on spending a lot on overhead in the brewery, having something flashy. Um, in, in fact, they had like, um, yeah, I mean, it's almost, it's basically a warehouse with like a tiny little space that has like 
window AC units. That's how oh, stripped wow. down it is. Wow. So anyway, we didn't come here to talk only about that, though. We also came to talk about rums. And uh, I'm going to do something that I've never done before on this show. And that is set a drinking goal ahead of time. Um, like, I'm not, I'm not like going to try to get plastered, okay? But uh, I am going to try to try all of these rums that I picked up tonight. And uh, kids, don't try this at home. Uh, but I'm going to try to do it and keep my wits about me. So I picked three out. This is the Papa's Pilar. Um, I'm going to try this at some point. And then I got two from El Dorado. Got their 12-year and 15-year. And then I told the guy at the liquor store to just grab me some cheap stuff. And <laughs> he picked sliced apple Captain Morgan <laughs> rum and Parrot Bay 90 Coconut. And he got this oh. mischievous smirk with this one, and he said, this has a higher proof. <laughs> Did he sound like a pirate when he said it, actually? <laughs> that's how I heard it. I don't yeah. know if that's exactly Is that because it was talking. Captain? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yes. I want to know, though, Paul, uh, what is it about rum for you? Why, why rum? Why not, like, brandy? Why is it that like when when I asked what's your favorite drink or cocktail before the show, your answer is the rums I haven't tried yet. So I think it's very easy to say is rum is fun. It's a good slogan. Yeah, there you go. We'll get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> so we'll get that on t-shirt some days, right? Um, you know, I again I it's funny because I, the you know, I had had probably been a, a more of a rum person prior to starting the podcast. And, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, Jamie, right, I, I, I play the drums. Um, and this is something that I was like, all right, well, I've got this idea. And then during a weekend up in Nashville, and the very first time I had been to Nashville back in 2019, end of 2019, I attended a drum workshop with Rascal Flatts drummer, Jim Riley. Yeah. And here, I think I remember you going to this workshop. Yeah. And it was something like it was, I knew it was going to be kind of a special weekend, you know, cause again, I was already pinching pennies on how to approach the weekend and where to stay and all these crazy things. And um, it was one of those, I, I went up there by myself. Uh, did attended the workshop. It was a full two two days and then a half a day. And here here I am going through this with a, a professional drummer of the biggest country band in the world, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I had been stewing on this idea for a bit. And again, it was you know I've been asked this question about how did I come up with a name? And um, you know, really it was just something again, a couple things that just kind of came to mind that I, you know, I kind of enjoyed and it was just, it just, again, it's a play on words, right? It's catchy. And I've been asked this before. Somebody had said, well, drums and rums, almost like they don't go together, <laughs> but it, but somebody said it works, right? It, it, again, yeah. it's rhyme. It's catchy. Yeah, and yeah. they said, it's almost like they hear drum, they heard drums and rums and they're, they thought it's like, yeah, like milkshakes and hand grenades. It's a <laughs> yeah that goes together right yeah 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 so um so again that that nashville weekend really sparked you know to kick my butt 
into gear to yeah. to take this idea and finally do something with it. Um, again, seeing Jim Riley, who's again, uh, you know, uh, f- professional musician, he's doing these these workshops, he's writing books, he's doing. I just thought, and and all the musicians in Nashville that are down on uh, uh, down on the strip there, yeah. they're hustling, right? And right. I said, you know, I, this is the catalyst, the the light, the fire. So if these all these people are are hustling and and working at it, and the irons in the fire. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna when I get back, I'm gonna really t- take the jump into doing this, and yeah. that was that was December of 2019. And it wasn't until end of February, I think it was. That yeah. you know, the first podcast was taped and thus started the whole drums and rums thing. That's that's still a really quick turnaround, though, and I can totally see why that experience would would be it. I mean, Nashville itself is a pretty electric city. I mean, right. And right. if if you go to a music conference, and I've I've been to a few industry events and music things, both Christian and mainstream up there, and um, it's always energizing to be around creatives around people in in the industry but i'm also curious though like sure it rhymes but like rum itself um i'm sure you know whatever your appreciation was of rum before you've grown through this so like what is it about rum the beverage that that you love well, I was going to interject real quick too and oh, say, sure, d- drums and rums is a lot easier to say after you've had a lot of rum. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. To, you know, trying to say like bruised beers and shipwrecks after you've had enough, oh. it might come out a little bit slow. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> right? No, you, you got something there because it's usually like drum, right? Yeah, <laughs> it just mumble it along there, right? And 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 all the guests that come on the show, I call them alums, right? So now. As as Jamie showed, you know he had a shirt, so yep. he's gonna ha- he's gonna have to come back on so he gets a replacement shirt, uh, and uh, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe I'll make him black so it doesn't kind of you know uh, you know gonna hide the meatball. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping Oxy will get it out, you know. Okay. <laughs> and but yeah, so they're all I call everybody drums and rums alums, right? Yeah. And they're part of the family now, part of the group, and I, I I'll tell you. That so far has been a big takeaway over the last year, year and a half, I guess now, where guests have been referring other people, right? So it's like a really cool thing, like how, hey, you should have this person on or should have that person on. And it's been in one of them just recently, I had a two episodes ago, Adam Tevlin, and he's, he's got this, uh, uh, YouTube channel and a website called learningdrum.com. And he's trying to, he's like giving free lessons on YouTube video. And one of his guests was, uh, uh, the guy, uh, is known as the drum ambassador, Dom farm. I'm going to probably say his name wrong, but, uh, farmer Laro and Dom has, you know, I've known about him, but never kind of honed in on him. And yeah. I asked, I asked, Adam, I said, Hey, I said, can you make the connection? And he can, you know, again, made the introduction and, and we've, we're working on scheduling an upcoming podcast. And I said, well, I've already had Ian Burrell, who's known as the global rum ambassador. <laughs> now I'm going to have the other side of it. Somebody who's known as the global drum ambassador. I'm like, this is there you awesome, go. right? You know, this is kind of some cool stuff conversation. And the podcast has always been 
more of a you know not too technical far as rums or drums yeah. yeah but like hey hey we hang out at the bar and we start talking and if we need to if we want to nerd out on uh, one of the topics that's fine yeah but again it's for the people that are in the middle where hey let's just listen to the conversation well that's kind of a cool thing not to get too much into well how much do you tighten your springs on your your kick pedal or right you know or how much of making this right it's because i'm trying to trying to stay somewhere in the middle where it's very light and uh because there's plenty of drums podcasts and there's plenty of rum podcasts out there but so somewhere yeah. where again you find as i always say you find something entertaining and informative yeah 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 i, th- I, th- I think we we struggle a little bit too because like clayton and i especially if we just picked up the phone and wanted to talk about like christian rap of the late 1980s to mid 1990s we could talk for an hour and a half and still have things left over to talk about right um that's not necessarily like the intricacies of that aren't necessarily of interest uh to our listeners some of that is though and and so like it's like walking that line Mm -hmm. you know what what do you what do you share uh that still catches like like everybody now I, I am curious. Um, you've had like actual distillers on your show, right? Right. So uh, maybe maybe tell me about some of the interesting experiences or an anecdote or two of uh, some. I, I don't know. Take me into that because I I don't even know. Like I don't know a distiller. Yeah. Like <laughs> I've I've taken like a distillery tour of, of a rum distillery and it was awesome. Right. And it's funny because some of those things. Again, probably I would say I'm probably more of a uh, have started out this endeavor as definitely a drinker of rum, right? Yeah, and have learned a lot more. It's like, oh, well, this, this, and this about this thing in my glass is so much other information yeah. or or things to learn about. So I thought go, going into it, and 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 again, I've learned a lot along my way. And maybe if if it's I would say is. And hopefully nobody, you know, oh, I was going to say, hopefully nobody's listening when I say this, but no, hopefully a lot of people are listening when I say this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Everybody are is, I mean, you know, I take, you know, maybe this is a little bit of a selfishness of, I, I just, you know, again, it's great for me to learn a lot of from my guests, you know, I guess the selfish is not the right thing to say, but you know, it's great to kind of learn so much from the guests because I'm yeah. not an expert in anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And I guess I know they say in podcasting world that you're supposed to be an expert to talk about certain things, but right. Hey, I just want to get the people together to have that conversation and yeah, yeah, learn exactly. from them, share, yeah. because you're sharing with me. That means we're yeah. sharing with whoever's listening to it yeah. and growing, you know, everything. Yeah. And one of the things was I figured everybody had a distillery. I didn't know <laughs> such a thing called, you know, thing like contract distilling or, uh, you know, things that I just figured everybody had a distillery. Yeah. And I, and it, that's not the case. I, after I started reaching out to folks and saying, Hey, you know, before pandemic started happening and, or when we opened up middle of last summer, not this 2020 summer. Right. right. And I'm yeah. like, Hey, I, can I come up and can I do a podcast? I'd love to interview you. Can I come to your distillery? Well, I don't have, you know, it was kind of an awkward kind of conversation. It's like, I don't have a distillery. It's right. Me. <laughs> It's yeah. somebody else's distillery that I market and sell and so forth, which, which again, it was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. You know, you're, you're making your product and then it's made over here and then you repack. So, so again, it's not that there's anything wrong with that because mm-hmm. companies do that all the time with, 
everything everything that's produced you know maybe it's made in china and sure. re rebrand it and something else so it's, um, it, it's efficient but you you lose a little bit of the joy of the craft of it well it depends on what type of the business you want to yeah. be in right you may be a craft person who is into that technical you know the you know for as you guys you guys yeah. mentioned was the beer it's like you might be into that hops and the certain things and so forth that more of the the science sciencey kind of stuff yeah and you know maybe there's some who are better at, and, and and they may there's some that may probably make really good rum or spirits or beer but probably aren't very good at the marketing aspect of it to, mm -hmm. to get it out to the masses mm -hmm. right. but then you have somebody who might be really good at know how to sell sell the product and kind of pitch and promote to like hey i'm not interested in it i just want this and then i'm gonna how i'm gonna sell my rum yeah. so yeah so it's uh that is probably one of the big takeaways is uh, is the distillers that i have had on um mostly be here in florida one of the things is i really was interested in was before i i did like two episodes last year and then the lockdown happened so it was like yeah now what do i do and because i always had this idea was being more of an in-person podcast more of a we're yeah. sitting at the bar more again you don't want to drink alone we don't yes we're doing it tonight it is what we have to do you know we'd rather be sitting all together drinking you know uh drinking you know we don't want to drink alone right yeah so some of it is like more of a i started realizing is it is this more of a travel travel podcast or <laughs> yeah you know or is it because again i think there's something to it let's go to the brewery or let's go to yeah. the distillery let's sit and yeah. interview let's tape the video because again there's also the visual aspect as you guys know yeah with with taping all of the the podcast and the whole picture of the thing. So, um, yeah, I don't, what I did find out is a lot of craft. And again, I think it probably goes for any craft product just because you want a distillery doesn't mean you're, you're like a multimillionaire. Mm. Yeah. You know, these, right. These, sure. these are, these are mom and pops, hardworking folks that have, have a vision, have a dream. They're putting a long hours to make these products to make this beautiful rum yeah and you know they're not the big labels they're not the big companies and you know they're making enough to get by they're making an honest uh wage and living it's and and they're, they're their own boss yeah and so yeah. i think that after going through it at the time i started thinking maybe i feel, do feel more closer akin to the craft companies you know the yeah. smaller names sure right some of the bigger names they're not even paying attention to me which is fine right. you know but i'm like hey you know what if i could show love and help support and i'm sure they all have great stories you know whether it's bombarda you know i had captain james on the owner of bombarda rum on he, he you know he's he had great stories and talked about his products or whether it's jeremy up at copper bottom in in holly hill florida whether it's doc brown who's who has uh has stuff made at another place yeah. Uh, and, you know, again, so there's a, ver a varying between many different uh, companies, I, but they all have great stories. Right. Yeah. And that's, well, that's half of it. Right. There's an accessibility there, though. You know, it's like, uh, you know, a lot of people who listen to the show know, like, I'm a beer and wine manager at a local grocery store. So I have a lot of connections with like, people in the beer and wine world. I worked at a winery for a year and a half as well. But um, like there's a local brewery out here, like the head brewer, like he contract brews in another spot because he's waiting to get, you know, an actual facility. Mm -hmm. But then on yeah. top of that, like he's right. the one like, you know, delivering the beer, 
Yeah. And so there's sometimes he's like, I'm just slammed. Can I get it tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. So it's like, but you know, it's like, you know, I've got his number. So it's like, there's this accessibility where um, you, you're not going to have with the, you know, bigger distilleries or breweries. Right. And so then right. on top of that, it's like when you, there's that accessibility and that like um, camaraderie, it's like mm-hmm. you guys are kind of pushing each other. Like, you're like, oh, they believe in what they're doing. And like, this is a real thing. I believe in it too. I want to tell people about it. And then you're excited right. and getting other people excited. Right. Yeah. And it's very cool because it's a little bit more intimate and it's a little mm-hmm. bit, it's, you know, maybe it's like, you see a you see a a band player or, or or whatever the case a music act play at a local venue, and then all of a sudden you know you're very much a supporter. And then you see they move up the level, and and we all we all have had had that. It's like oh well yeah you weren't a fan like I was <laughs> yeah. when I saw them in that dirt totally yep. you know <laughs> you know yeah this so, is my band. <laughs> so yeah so sorry sorry jamie i don't know if that was the long tangent answer no that was that was (laughs) that was wonderful and i was actually sitting here thinking about all the directions we could take it um because i am so fascinated and i think it's not explored enough on this podcast um like how beer is made how wine is made and and whiskey and bourbon like anything like i i think just appreciating good beverages is something that this show is about and we don't necessarily take the time to explore it all the time mm-hmm. and uh when we do actually the the numbers usually show that that people enjoy hearing about that stuff uh one of the things i was fascinated about to to learn uh years ago was that actually there's a lot of uh contract brewing going on even in like craft beer uh or even in uh beer you wouldn't think of as craft beer like pbr for example i don't know what how they brew these days Mm -hmm. but uh when i was living in hawaii i i made friends temporarily you know because uh in you know in a place like hawaii you meet a lot of people i guess we get it here in florida too you know people coming through you make a friend with a tourist or something so i made a friend for an evening with with uh someone who was there representing pbr and uh they also owned the whatever the hawaii lager was um like kona Kona? something no no although that's a that's a similar story i'll tie that in in a second Um, bush now it's the um gosh primo primo lager so primo lager pbr and like some other thing were all owned by a brewery but they're all like on paper they're just brands Right. Yep. They were all being brewed on contract at the time. Uh, and I thought that was super interesting. And then, um, you know, also Kona, you know, that was that sprung up right there in Kona. That used to be one of my favorite spots to go. Um, and they were like, if if uh, if you drank Kona, well, it's this way on the right now. If you drink Kona in a bottle or at your local thing, unless you're in Hawaii, uh, the, the beer you're drinking was brewed either in Oregon or Maine, mm-hmm. not in Kona. It'd be very expensive to ship all that. They don't grow that grain in Hawaii. Right. You got to ship that Four out hops. there, brew it, send it back. No, yeah. you yeah. know, they're contract brewing with their recipes. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a thing. Um, it, it's the craft brew Alliance is what it's called. And so, you know, not to, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> it, it is basically part of Anheuser-Busch. But um, so it's like Widmer, which is, you know, Widmer half is 
you know, known as far as mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure you guys yeah. know, it, but you know, Widmer is like one of the first breweries out here in Oregon. They, they do a lot of the contract stuff, right? Yeah. 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 Um, but it's like, it's like Widmer, Red Hook, I believe, and Kona are all part of that craft brew alliance. Mm-hmm. Now, Widmer isn't fully owned by Anheuser-Busch. They just have some like uh, Anheuser-Busch has a little stake in it. Um, so I, but as far as Kona, I think they might be full. I don't know, but you know, but it, it's always those things where it's like, I think a lot of these breweries will end up, you know, obtaining these breweries because um, then like they can't start a craft brew kind of thing on their own if they've tried and it yeah. hasn't landed. So they're like, okay, well, we're going to get Elysian Brewing or we're going to get Kona or Widmer right. and people will, you know, and the old school drinkers will still flock to that, you know? So yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's such this weird twisted web, you know, and there's times I'm like, man, I just want to drink a beer, but then I'm like, yeah, but it supports this, 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 (laughs) (laughs) so I, so I guess that, you know, and I've, I've talked to a few that have, you know, would welcome a buyout from a larger Mm -hmm. company, Mm -hmm. you know, so again, it's, it's that, it's that oddity of if you're, you know, I don't want to get too political but i'll try to try to <laughs> i'll try to dance around and not get too dwell, delve into it so somebody posted our you know a relation of you know some big company making money during the pandemic we'll just leave it at that right okay and I, you know and again i think there was a little bit of slant towards you know oh the company's making this money and i said you know what i said i said my takeaway from your post is i should have invested a year ago into this company <laughs> rather than be all hate right. hating on it right yeah. and again for whatever yeah. reasons and i'm like remember th- this whole country is is, is a capital capitalist driven com- country yeah. so yeah. hate it love it or hate it it is what it is and to, and to that yeah. point it, it's it's tough where you know and, and maybe there's a little bit of a sour of of a, of a, <laughs> a, a smaller brewery or distillery that says hey i'm i'm cashing out Give me, yeah. sign me that yeah. 20, $10 million check. Yeah. Would any of us turn that down if it was us? I mean, let's be yeah. honest. Right. Exactly. And it's, yep. it's tough. So um, there was actually a very similar story to that where there's, and you, you may, may not believe this, but so there's a company in Georgia, Southern Georgia called Richland Rump. And they make, they're one of the few, rum companies or maybe the only in the u.s that makes everything on their farm they don't buy they don't buy from anywhere else it's a hundred percent you know they grow their own cane they 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 process everything is me is is all controlled right again georgia would you have thought georgia right right sugar cane out there right right so even even and again that's a whole big uh, that's a whole big thing here too is you might be a company, you might be a distillery here in Florida, but you're probably buying your, your cane or your sugar from somewhere here, considering that we're the largest producers of sugar cane in the U.S. So this company started out in, up in southern Georgia in Richland, and at somewhere along the way, somebody came out and bought them and offered the owners, hey, I'm going to, whatever, whatever the price tag was, right? They sold yeah. the company to them and then they basically hired the guy back to run the company. It's like, 
score, right? <laughs> Here's your money. And then, Hey, I'm going to pay you to also to continually yeah. run my company kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, I get it. It's, it's a, it's a tough balance between, you know, are, am I selling my dream and my yeah. thing, but yeah. at the same time, what's that fine line between knowing when you need, you should cash in. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if sometimes Jamie, if did again, I'm not, 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 bashing uh um do south or anything but i thought yeah. i'd heard heard before the pandemic that anheuser-busch was had offered to purchase them or mm. buy, again that was a, that was a story i heard it might be wrong i don't know sure but i heard that and they turned them down because they were still wanting to stay local and then maybe that's <sighs> why funky buddha got bought out by anheuser-busch yeah right so well i, I don't, you know i don't I, know I think, look, I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this from different angles as well, um, you know, musically and, and otherwise, like what is a sellout? Right. Um, I don't know. I think if you, if you make a profit from, if, if you made a quality product or brand or whatever it is, and someone took an interest in that and you sold that off to them, that is not selling out. That is being successful. Mm -hmm. now i think what selling out is that's a pejorative thing that is when someone comes in and goes well we like what you do but if you do this 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 and this yeah then we'll pay you now sometimes that's just a good opportunity to improve what you're doing and right. then other times it's a complete sellout yeah and uh i don't know I, yeah. maybe I feel guilty because, you know, I was on a record label and I had to make all kinds of changes for the label. Well, was it selling out? If I well, sold out, I sucked at it because it didn't make me much money. I wasn't selling. Well, okay. I'd say two <laughs> exactly. things on that. I think a, you know, it, it, it starts out with what's your intent with say what you're doing. Yeah. You know, it's like, what's your intention? So if some people are like, yeah. I want to grow my company make a lot of money and then hopefully somebody will buy me out and then I'm done. If that's your intention, great. Like you, you've done what you set yeah. out to do. And also there's some it's pretty specific like, goal. Yeah. And there's some people it's like, okay, well, as long as I can maintain my integrity doing this, yeah. then fine. I would say though, for you, Jamie, as far as, you know, making all the decisions you had to make, I mean, that was, you know, you were younger then, so it's okay. <laughs> you gotta pass blame it on our younger selves yeah, that's yeah. right yeah. an unbearded self <laughs> yeah oh. well i i but I, see yeah, that's the thing is i would think and i and i i disagree with this if this is the case why why if somebody owns a business approach certain things to make themselves more profitable uh, or, or to be able to sell, you know, to cash in, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But why are artists in whatever the genre of type of what they craft they do, why are they yeah. treated different? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah, you yeah. have a product, you know, your product is your music, Jamie, right? You're producing, you're making this music. That's your product. Why is it any different than if you're, if, if you were making beer mm -hmm. and somebody said, hey, do this, do this, do this. And you're gonna make a shit ton more money. Sorry. Oh, yeah. sorry. Uh, no, gonna, you're gonna have to click fine. the E now. 
sorry uh, all the you know, all the cusses you want yeah okay <laughs> but you know i i don't know i so i guess sometimes you know people gotta yeah kind of think think before kind of blasting others on it and yeah try to try to look at it from a perspective and i think right now what we're going through in this country is like you know, take a second and breathe and think about where the other person is coming from you know yeah yeah well i mean there's a term i heard someone said like generous listening it's like yeah. a lot of times when people are having conversations, they're just waiting to like give their viewpoint. They're just listening to, you know, respond as opposed to actually listening to the whole, like the person say everything they're wanting to say, maybe pausing and then responding, you know? Yeah. That's, that's really awkward to say on a podcast. It makes <laughs> us all want to pause longer. <laughs> The delay does that for us. So don't worry yeah, about yeah. it. There, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, try try doing this on a live stream because you're waiting for people to respond in the chat and your seven <laughs> second delay. <laughs> now we uh, we keep circling around music. Do you guys mind if I transition to some music? Sure. Start? Sure. No, I was about to do that too. So boom. Oh, look at that! Great minds think alike. So you know, I for I want to talk a little bit personally, briefly, like so. I met Paul when he was part of a, a band. He's been in several bands since I've known him. Uh, you know, we, we already mentioned he's, he's a drummer. Uh, I saw him play a couple times, uh, even had his family over to the house. I had like a Nintendo Wii, I think. Um, the kids played it. It was amazing. Uh, and then like we lost touch for a while. And when I was coming back out with, Royal Ruckus and Summer of the Cicadas, I thought Paul would be an amazing person to reconnect with and see because what I, what I was trying to figure out was like a way to do Royal Ruckus without Mike being around. Now, I wasn't trying to kick Mike out. Mike is as much a part of this as, as I am. We're just in different states. And so for me to be able to perform live, I had to be able to pull off a show on my own. Um, and like whatever that's fine you know you can put on a rap track and rap i do it all the time uh but one thing i have learned is you add a drummer or you add even a guitar or something something brings a little life to it i liked paul we reconnected at of all things a bismarcky show you got what i need yeah memory eternal <laughs> that's right you rest in peace bismarcky uh, it was it was amazing. It was like in this little like horse town in Florida. You know, it's like you go past the horse stables and take a left at the third horse stable to get to Bismarcky. Um, <laughs> that's real. Reality is more amazing than uh, anything we can make up. Rest in peace. That's right. So uh, so Paul, like he's performed with me uh i think for summer of the cicadas and royalty check i think are the two records you've played songs from we've you know we've practiced together uh obviously more times than we've performed live but we've performed well maybe equal times maybe maybe that's our problem <laughs> we we need we to need play to together more. more yeah we need to perform more that's that's the bottom line but uh so like how long have you been playing drums? I, I can't remember if you've said. So I had started out back in elementary school uh, when they start. were, when yeah, when they were handing out then, you know, the instruments of choosing and so forth. And <laughs> yeah. 
you know, and yeah. I, I don't know. And I, I think my, you know, my mom wasn't all that happy because again, you know, and I go, I was jokingly talking with the last guest about that, where, when you're in elementary school, it's like, why didn't you pick, you know, the, the clarinet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. The recorder, right. Yeah. We, right. We're all, we all learn on the recorder. Right. And, <laughs> you know, and again, living in New Jersey, growing grow, Growing up in New Jersey, it was like, okay, I got to carry this big snare drum in the box and this and yeah. in the snow and all that crazy stuff. So, you know, and, and I, I have to ask my mom because I, you know, when I, this is a good question because I, I think about it. And I'm like, I remember, you know, playing in elementary school and then after elementary school kind of gotten away from it, but I really don't recall how I ended up on the drum itself. <laughs> <laughs> and you know so when i you know thought about it you know one we day talking, you woke up yeah you know and maybe and i know it sounds very cliche uh you know again i'm you know i'm, I'm born in the mid 70s so and again the muppet show and so forth and i know it sounds very cliche and you know animal or whatever but again heck i mean the muppet show had buddy rich on Right. I mean, they had some really good musicians. We forget about some of that stuff back. And again, we were all kids, so we don't, they never clicked. Yeah. You know, and again, even today, I think there was a guy, you know, there's still the Geico commercial with Animal now playing mm -hmm. you know, in it. So, right. So, <laughs> I mean, he's still relevant. Yeah. You know, maybe with some of that. And uh, because I don't remember in elementary school specifically one drummer. Uh, yeah. But, but growing up in, in my house, uh, being a, uh, a first, first generation American, you know, my parents had, you know, came over here in the sixties, uh, from Scotland and, you know, they were very much into a lot of the Brit, Brit pop invasion, you know, the Beatles, the stones and things like that, you know, we, yeah, I've been very much exposed to a lot of that music. So, you know, so music has always been around and I remembered, you know, uh, a few years ago, you know, my mother had a lot of albums and records, you know, for those that are listening that don't know what a record is, it's on a piece of vinyl plastic. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah. Right. Nomadic behind has him. it behind him. Exactly. A few, uh, he, I think he's got a couple of them. Um, yeah, a few. <laughs> couple thousand. But I, you know, but again, trying to find a record player, you know, it's like, well, let me buy you one. Cause this, this is something that I know you're not going to buy yourself. Bought yeah. one and sit down and we, we sat and listened to, it. we're playing this, you know, whether it's Bruce Springsteen, you know, these albums, that's like, that's like, you know, a thing we all, lost as when we're in our our age growing up in the 80s yeah. or when records were a thing so music has always been around right yeah. um and actually my mom was the reason why i went and dropped you know a few hundred bucks uh, to see paul mccartney back in 26 2017 down in miami was because yeah. he was playing there i said all right one floor seat this is a beetle you know this is a, a big thing you know and again he still yeah. has it you know so he was very entertaining and so forth she had seen him earlier in the summer up in new jersey so um nice but yeah cool. so, so so to come back to the drum thing and, and i i you know i can't remember like i said the pinpoint i know when i started i know when i would gotten back into when i was in high school when i lived out there before moving to florida again high school kids i had long hair at the time and you know it's you know silly band you know with a bunch of friends that actually play, you know, played some stuff. Again, I never really went anywhere, moved to Florida, and it kind of it's kind of dried up because I'm new to the area, trying to figure things out and so forth. Yeah. And then kind of got back into it once once I kind of got my own uh, place here when I moved to South Florida. And uh been kind of you know, kind of even truck along from that point. Nice. Nice. I, I know for me, uh I think we talked a little bit about this when you had me on your show. 
I talked about how I got into drumming, but I, I remember they gave us some sort of like music test in like third grade. And if, I don't know, it, I think it was just like, are you awake? And can you tell the difference between this sound and this sound? And if you had a slight interest in music, they're like, sign up, sign up. But like when I got to the sign up part, um, you had to choose an instrument and I didn't know what an orchestra was. And like, I just, I liked rock and roll and I liked rap music. I mean, I was third grade. And, and so like, I looked at it and I thought, well, there's no guitars. Like, what am I supposed to do here? There's drums. That'd be cool. So I signed up, but then like I figured out like the orchestra had a different kind of drums. Now, did you play in orchestras and bands and like band and stuff? No, not no, at all. No. So uh, you've, you've just all been like trap set. Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, so I did the orchestra thing for a while and, uh, and, and then like high school, um, I had a lot of fun in the orchestra, but I don't know that I was like that great. I was interested in rap music. Like I was, I was like hawking rap tapes at 16 years old um, to the orchestra students, you know? Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking of you, Jamie. Like there was the SNL where Cypress Hill was on. Yeah. And they like trashed their set. I'm sitting there thinking of you, you know, playing like <laughs> orchestra drums you know, and then yeah. trashing the set and then grabbing the mic. <laughs> Man, I, I kid you not. We actually, uh, we had a diff, we had an orchestra, like our director conductor changed like, um, between my junior year and my senior year. Mm. And the, the new guy was young and I convinced him to let me and the rest of the orchestra take our instruments to, uh, not the rest of the orchestra, the rest of the percussion section take our our uh, the drums of choice like out into the practice rooms and like compose stuff and i was totally trying to make rap beats um and then i've started like trying to compose little parts and he actually let me come in during uh i don't know during lunchtime or something and try to compose a thing yeah uh, unfortunately when I asked for volunteers, I'd like five people show up. <laughs> that was not enough orchestra to make a rap beat. So and then you got sad Jamie dragging his little bass drum home. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and then, then I met Mike, and that's when how Royal Ruckus started. So See? yeah. Well, actually, I knew Mike since elementary school, but I didn't well, know he knew how to make beats. So it was what? Jamie, Jamie, Mike, and uh, the guys from Corn. <laughs> Same high school. It's true. <laughs> well, you know, every I, year the same high school. <laughs> Every three years um yeah so i'm a drummer too um i may yes. be the only left-handed drummer though in this room oh definitely so yeah. whenever people are like oh you play drums oh here play this and i'm like uh, i gotta make my body all weird looking <laughs> exactly exactly so whenever i see left-handed drummers i'm always like respect but you know but it's funny though because like oh you know, columns me... right yeah exactly exactly wow i didn't realize that um there was actually and there was like this uh like christian death metal band called mortification the the drummer uh jason sherlock really left-handed yep yep wow wait wait um, wait, wait let me let me can i stop there it sounds like that's like such an oxymoron right fact i know i know <laughs> oh but you would be amazed some of it is incredible like like with it i'm not into that genre very much but like some of the christian deathcore uh or any of like the hard christian stuff believe it or not is incredible 
But how can well, it, why can't they, you know, why can't it, again, I know it's oxymoron. <laughs> I know it's the genres. We have to fit it in somewhere, but again, maybe that's the whole thing. We're going to start up a new genre for that type of music. If you're Christian is, you know, uh, instead of death core life core there you right. go well right. but, yeah. but dude but they tried to do that back in the day instead of calling like there was like black metal they tried to call it like white metal or or holy unblack metal yeah. or something oh. like that yeah and that's then, not um, gonna go over right yeah I, but yeah. then it was like holy unblack metal i don't yeah. know but <laughs> but but you know but it's what i want to come back to is like but that band like they had an album called scrolls in the megaloth which was actually released on um it was on nuclear blast which is like mm. you know um like this, yeah you know or yeah yeah it was nuclear blast um but it, it's considered like one of like the top like hardest albums period in that genre hmm. wow. but um but it's like yeah but like being that left-handed drummer it's like you know i remember you talking about like you know tighten up the like the springs on the bass pedal my very first drum set like i my parents had got me like this ludwig like snare right it was like you know 100 bucks or whatever it was, like that 50 style like all like chrome metal on the outside um and it had a slight like kind of sandpapery head to it um and i was just geeked out because before i was just using like coffee cans and like quicker oatmeal things and chopsticks for my drum set and um so when i got that i was all excited and then my dad he got me the rest of these pieces these people were throwing away so i got yeah. like some toms and like a, and a bass drum but the bass pedal was all jacked up and it had like this crusty leather strap so I had a paper route at the time. Yes, people, people actually had paper routes. So wait, those don't or, exist anymore. But I'm I don't know. Right? I don't know. <laughs> I thought people still got paper delivery somehow. They, oh, well, I think they do. But so anyway, yeah, it's not a kid on a bike. No, it's a middle-aged guy in a car. It's a middle-aged dude oh, in a car. Exactly. Okay. Five All right, in the keep morning. going. I just I just had to know yeah. that drinking his coffee smoking his hair and throwing it at your front door <laughs> <laughs> but so you know i would ever like once a month we'd get re-upped on a rubber band so i get this fat pack of rubber bands right so i just kept wrapping rubber bands around my base pedal where the strap was until it got the right resistance and then i'm like here we go <laughs> nice wow. nice i was trying to be the drummer from anthrax man <laughs> charlie benante yeah Spe speaking of that um you know what's been on my mind and I think that, like, I haven't been able to talk about this with anyone. I'm so thankful that the three of us are here tonight. Um, Anthrax and Public Enemy. So Public Enemy just shared a, a flyer 30 years ago, like the other day. They played this show with Anthrax and this rap group, Young Black Teenagers. And oh, yeah, yeah. It, like Primus or something. I don't Ooh. know. Chuck D actually named them, by the way. Young black teenagers. Did he really? Yep. Because they're all weird. white dudes. Yeah. Like, I, I, <laughs> I said to Polina, I was like, this, I don't know why a bunch of white guys thought it was a good idea to name their rap group Young Black Teenagers. It certainly wouldn't go over today. That's what I said to her. <laughs> true. But if, you know, Chuck D, Fear of a Black Planet named yep. you, I yep. guess. Yeah. You came by it honestly. Is that, is that, I, I, yeah, I didn't know that. And, I, that is really interesting right again it goes to judge judge the book by its cover yeah and again if you're named this i can see how again unfortunately the the current climate of things you know it could be we woven in any way but yeah if chuck d if you got your stamping from chuck d right and again understand what chuck d is about in and all the early public enemy stuff if he's if he's 
stamping it and I, I yeah uh, okay I don't want to yeah. say I don't want to say blessing in, in, in that kind of way but sure you know I mean kind of con- yeah, whatever you want yeah you know what I mean it's like okay he he gets it you know I, I don't know I don't want to get it's, too far it's off. interesting to me um that that era was really good I think um for for race relations and that's not really what I want to talk about I want to talk about music but like um yes that music was the era together yeah seriously that certainly was the area era where we had like Rodney King and all of that. So there were there were absolutely difficulties. I but there I was a lot that. of like let's come together messaging, mm-hmm. and uh, you know like for Public Enemy and Anthrax to come together and make music together and to bring these yeah. two crowds. And you know I remember a show a few years later. I mean I had several shows like this, but there was one in particular that stands out in Northern California that was like it was a hardcore show with like two rap groups, and we were one of the two. We killed it that night. Like everybody loved what we did, and it was there was like almost nothing else like us. And I just I just felt like that was a beautiful era in music, but I think it also had spillovers culturally. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, it's like it's like we were talking about as far as like say the um, you know the camaraderie and accessibility as far as like you know craft distillers, brewers, and all that. Oh, it's sure. the same thing like with music, right? Especially back yeah. then, it's like you had some. Kind, it's like I always looked at hardcore music as like the crossover of you had because it was it was heavy like metal, but then it had like this punk ethos. But so you'd have all these dudes playing this hard music, but they but they looked like skaters and that's where I was. Right. So yeah. I wasn't the dude, you know, I loved a lot of metal and stuff, but I didn't wear, well, okay. When I was young, I wore super tight pants and converse, but I didn't wear like makeup and all this, that yeah. and third. So I could relate more. So with that whole public enemy, you know, anthrax, I related to that. Cause I was like, yo, I'm like, this dude's on stage rocking Jordan. Now I, like I've said before, like I could never afford Jordan as a kid, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there was that relatability as far as like, I know what those were. Like I didn't wear sure. snakeskin boots, like Axel, which I love guns and roses yeah. and no disrespect, but that wasn't my thing. You know what I mean? So there was yeah. such a thing, you know, you had the stop the violence movement with KRS and all that. So there was all of this crossover that was happening at that time. That was such a beautiful thing. Yeah, I I wonder though is something you said there was, you know, and this hit this hit me the other day about this is listening to there was something something metal, and I was thinking a lot of people don't realize if you're not a metal head or been following is heavy metal music is not necessarily radio play and for the pop or for the yeah whatever you want to call it right. Mm-hmm. So there's a sense of there's a lot more honesty because you're you're being just very raw and you're being very uh, against certain things or or you know civil rights or or wars or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And then the same the same analogy there you're just talking about Jamie is um, like rap. I think actually you know like whether it's NWA or some of the the real raw bands rap groups yeah that were too much again you know heavy metal and rap had a lot of that whole controversial the stickers yep. that went on your yep. cd oh, for sure and so forth because sometimes it was, their worlds overlapped you're right and and i saw a public enemy perform with anthrax in madison square garden in 91 yes and this was on the clash Amazing. of the titan clash of the titans tour in 91 
is a metal concert again they just came out with that the out this the song that hit the mtv back in the day when they actually had videos and uh isn't isn't that weird doesn't everybody say that now when they talk they ever say mtv it's like back when they had videos yeah. it's is like still always mtv like, too am i talking about like they I, had to have a second one so they yeah show you know, videos, videos right yeah so but yeah they came out and again both those bands are new york-based bands and mm-hmm. and here they came out and did you know uh you know bring the noise and you know and i don't remember whatever the other song was they may have done but they closed it out and it was like again to your point it's like obviously chuck d seems very much like he's not a sellout he's or going to compromise right. who he is right. so he's legit if he's doing this then he's really doing this i mean unless yeah. there's a boatload of money that nobody knows about but i think nowadays people <laughs> yeah inter- internet you know, I, people you know i think chuck d chuck d is very much like his story is his story and like yeah. he, he he's he's uh i mean i get i don't know you you might know something i don't nomadic but like I think he's had to navigate a lot of things within his camp too. You know, yeah, you get yeah. Flava Flav doing some weird stuff on, you know, reality television. He's trying to like navigate that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's trying to give a serious message while Flava Flav is saying dumb stuff, you know, yeah. uh, then, you know, in the nineties, I think it was, there was some anti-Semitic stuff said by Terminator X and like, you know he had to yeah. navigate those yeah. waters but like in the end i think chuck d has always been very consistent yep. Yep. with his message um you know there's the, like i don't know that i agree with everything that he's about but i respect what right. he does yep um when i lived in philadelphia i was so excited and like the first year year or two i got to see them live and uh this was not at the height of their fame so like i got in a club where like there were like 200 of us and it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life you know like uh it was right up there with when we went to see bismarcky um you know just incredible stuff but that dude like he's he's got a vision for what he's trying to do he's not trying to sell out like he's telling a story yeah um and and he's he's pushing a message that he Mm -hmm. thinks is important and timely so yeah well i mean it's like when when you have those people who you know stand by their convictions and they just keep doing that you know and they ride the fame up and down like you you're you're like oh like new public enemy i'm I'm gonna buy it why because i know this dude you know it's the same thing as like they had that side project profits of rage you know oh yeah uh, would be real and basically the rest of rage against the machine yeah I, i actually got to see them in new orleans like three years ago uh it was incredible to and those dudes like i don't know i would love to sit in a room with be real from cypress hill like rage against the machine guys and chuck d like what are they like do they talk about economics i bet they do like for real (laughs) yeah well especially when they're blazing one like i bet that really gets interesting but you know here here's a quick side note and then there's another band that was formed called power flow which was um send dog from cypress hill and then um uh billy can't remember his last name but from biohazard and then wow. one of the dudes i think the drummer from fear factory i think mm-hmm. but they started a band too which was you know pretty pretty dope so it's cool to see all these kind of like quote-unquote super groups you know kind of from our era where it's like oh you're doing something else i'll buy yeah. that too yeah. <laughs> you know yeah now i i got a question for you paul i i, I just realized the time we, we got to start wrapping up soon darn it um but 
you did say basically your favorite drummer or your inspiring drummer or whatever was animal <laughs> i got but some on that too you you and i've also talked about quest love um and and in fact i feel like a while back you and i had a conversation i think i was citing a quest love interview or maybe you were the one who told me about it but like the quest love started like playing his drums to be like break beats and i don't know does any of this ring a bell there's been a lot of rum since then yeah well it doesn't matter tell me about your feelings on quest love as a drummer man so uh right next to me and i know it's not it's not in the camera view but i I purchased a breakbeat kit, a Quest Loves Ludwig kit, right? Wanted to get that. And um, the funny thing is, I bought it just before I went on that trip to Nashville. And then I saw, and I know, I, don't worry, I, I'll get to the answer here. But I saw this guy, <laughs> I saw this guy on Nashville, and I guess he was quote unquote busking. And you guys know because you're familiar yeah. with Nashville. You're not supposed to busk on what broad, what's it, the street broad, Broadway, broad, broad whatever the main yeah, Broadway. Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Broadway. and by the way for for anybody who doesn't know busking is when you're out there you're on the street you're playing music you're just ding 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 on the side of the road right you know, the, guy, the guy's got his uh thing open seeing through your quarter in sometimes you know yeah. whatever or, or or just uh you know flash your venmo uh cash app uh barcode <laughs> nowadays <laughs> I gotta pay attention because I didn't realize that was happening. That's amazing. Oh, that's a, that's a thing now. Yeah, I was at a wedding last night, and there was the bartenders even had the little cash app thing. And I'm like, we don't give money because as as we just went through the pandemic, money is the dirtiest thing that we have out there. Anyway, <laughs> let me get back to. We're not gonna to touch it. To, yeah. Keep going. Yeah. So, uh, so this guy. So we're. I was again the same weekend. Like I talked about the Jim Riley weekend, you know. And I see this guy. He's got a little breakbeat kit set up. And he's on the sidewalk and he's got a little PA going and he's just, he's just doing his beat. Right. And he's free flowing, rapping everything that like, whatever he saw people walking by, whatever it is. Again, he's got his beat yeah. going. He's like, Oh, this, 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 this. And it was like, I'm like, that is like the most awesomest thing I've seen. Again, this is totally, you know, just coming up, you know, with, yeah. with things. So yeah, so back to the Quest Love. So I had purchased that before I went to Nashville, got home, it arrived, and uh, set it up. And and, and that, the idea was at the time is uh, I was at, in the I think you were, you've met him is uh, Chris our friend Chris Springer. And yeah, yeah. Chris here is a, a, a is local great. musician soloist. Uh, he's now doing a duo thing, but we were we were working on some stuff uh, with trying to put a four piece together around him. And I was like, well, let me buy a smaller kit. So I don't have to drag out my big, larger drum kit and bought that kit for that reason. And, you know, again, it was, it was nice. It was compact and so forth. And I, I you know, again, I think there's so much to Questlove that the folks that probably only know him because of Jimmy Fallon. And again, he's mm, the band yeah. leader on Jimmy Fallon. Right. And again, let's like, give credit to Jimmy Fallon's for those that don't know. Right. And I'm probably sure your listeners do know this, but, Jimmy Fallon's band is not just a bunch of, you know, studio guys or, or gals. It is the roots. Okay. The roots yeah. were a band and they were too. their own thing. Right. Before yeah. Jimmy Fallon even had a, even a, a late and late night show. 
So yeah. again, for them to keep that going and do their thing. And it, obviously Jimmy's got a lot of respect and there's a lot of leeway to do this, which is awesome. Right. This is like, you know, this it's is a big Max, deal. Yeah. It's not just Max Weinberg and a bunch of guys or, or whatever right. the case may be. Right. And, and so forth, but this is that group. So I remember seeing they were caught. They came to West Palm in 2017 or 18 or 16. I don't know. So a few years, quite a few years ago now here in West Palm, we have a festival called Sunfest. And when I saw that, that the roots were playing Sunfest, I was like, I told my wife, I said, we're going, I don't care. <laughs> we're buying to, I'm like, cause I want to see the roots. And, oh, that's right. It was the same, whatever year Prince had, had died. That was the year. And it was just recent. I think we got, we saw them and I was like, of course, I was the only one. It was like, you know, me, the kid, or my wife and the kids were like, ah, you know, yeah. and it was hot, it was hot, muggy hot. I was just like, <laughs> just seeing them bust out like an hour and a half set was amazing. And it was muggy. Quest loves wearing all black. He's wearing jack like he was still in New York. And they played solid nonstop. And I'm like, that's how performance should be. When you yeah. see somebody perform, I don't want to hear your stories. Just go through it. Just plow through it. Do it. And I was like, I equate that show like almost like a religious experience, you know, uh, you know, and not in, yeah. in, a, in a metaphorical speak. And I'm sure. like, it's all these people. They're all into it. Everyone was grooving. All everyone's together. And, and yeah. The, yeah, so I, I feel that, man, you, you, you get those shows every now and then that are just right. And it does feel like that. I mean, my goodness, I had that experience practically reading the Beastie Boys uh, memoir, like just reading it was moving to me because of how much it connected with me. So yeah. I totally get that when you're when you're in a concert experience, you're in a group setting. So you've got the reactions of the people around you. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you have the people on stage that are captivating you. You know, you put all that together. And I think... Uh, it's kind of normal for, for humanity to feel like it's bigger yeah. than us. Yeah. You know, in that yeah. moment, it just yeah. feels right. bigger well, than, you know, than it, just putting your earbuds in. It was cool. Cause like the last concert I went to, it was um, POD and it was 2019 and I got to take my son. So it was the wow. first like actual concert concert. Cause before that we took him when he was younger to see um, Esperanza Spalding. Cause he, cause my son plays violin. So he wanted to see him like, you know, see a symphony with, you know, mm -hmm. somebody who's done something with it, but, um, you know, he, he felt the whole vibe of it and he wasn't really into like, you know, like moshing and stuff like that. And so I was kind of, I, I was trying to tell him like, yo, if we get up to the front, it's not that bad, but he was like, I'm trying to play back. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll protect you. I got you. But he was still feeling the whole vibe of the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. so there was that kind of collective the energy like, right here for this, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's something about going to a live show where you're just like, you're all collectively here for the same thing, you know? Yeah. No, it's 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 definitely powerful, and I and I I think like the the sing along types and that kind of stuff can can very much create like a, you know, I don't want to exaggerate, but almost a transcendental experience, you know? Yeah. Like uh, I I saw Surfer Blood. I don't I don't know if you know them. Uh, Paul, but they're, they're from uh, West Palm Beach, but I, I saw them in Philadelphia and it was, I didn't actually know their music at the time. Um, I just was in a crowd where it was clear that everybody but me knew their music. 
<laughs> and that was enough to convert me, you know, mm -hmm. like, so to speak. And then it was kind of funny, actually, I, I had uh, at, at, at the house that, that you first came over to, I, I had a little Oktoberfest party there, put surfer blood on. And uh, one of our guests, you know, one of the guests there said, hey, please, can you turn this off? That's my ex-boyfriend's band. Oh, you know? <laughs> that was a little weird because I like I didn't know them as a local band. You know, like to me, they were just this incredible band that like this indie band that had this following in Philadelphia, you know, but and there's and there's just shipwreck at the party. <laughs> <laughs> it, exactly. Well, well uh, sorry, go, go ahead. Well, yeah, I was like two things I wanted to ask. Um, so just on rum, Paul, like what is like the what is like the I guess best official rum glass like what do you drink rum out of the best you know because i mean there's brandy snifters there's all kinds of things like what should we drink rum out of so there there is uh, you know uh, what all this is that i have is just a you know a, a larger what they call a rocks glass right it's yeah. a little larger than wine most, tumbler. So, yeah yeah and uh again there are uh glasses that are a little bit more shaped to kind of funnel the uh the smells and the, the aromas from the rum you know a lot of people will you know very similar to if you see scotch drinkers or probably more scotches probably you see folks that are a little bit more into the you're trying mm -hmm. to get that smell from it and and, yeah. and something something i one of my guests had taught me was getting you to kind of swirl the swirl that spirits around on your glass and then if you leave it the next day after you drink all the liquid out of it and you leave it out and obviously everything's evaporated or whatnot mm -hmm. you'll still get the aroma from it you know if you could tell is there still a wood you know you still it, it was this really was on a wood uh barrel aged if you still smell it because the oils from the wood is still on the glass right mm -hmm. it's still on the the walls of the glass and uh not just you know the liquid so um yeah th so there are a lot of glasses very much more of a smaller cylindrical kind of shape that allows you to if you're enjoying it as a neat and sampling and kind of tasting those aromas uh, or or if you're uh Depends on what type of rum drink you are, where you want to be in a big bucket of, you know, rum punch and, you know. <laughs> Which is also fun, apparently. It's yeah, fun. no, we're not just rum is fun. That's right. Rum is fun and we're not here to judge. <laughs> well, and the other thing I was going to ask was just as far as like, uh, what are some of your favorite bands? Ooh, wow. Okay. So we still have how much time we got? Um, of course, of course, Royal Ruckus. Enough right? time for you to say yeah. your Ruck. actual favorite bands. Yeah, Royal Ruck. Kiss my yeah. ass. Yeah, Royal Ruck. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, so I hope the check's in the mail, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> the big bucks so, are coming your way. Yeah. It's changing an envelope. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, a lot growing up is. Yeah, I grew up in the Northeast, so there's a lot of rock. Uh, there's some of that classic stuff that I still really enjoy. You know, I know it's very much, you know, some some folks wouldn't consider it really 
really as they're as well established, you know, musically a musician based and so forth, you know, the, you know, the Motley Cruz or the, you know, the Metallicas right. and so forth. Again, some of those bands are, are, you know, and some of it is, you know, I, I, I respect the musicianship. Uh, but again, too, it's just like, Hey, look, is there, is it, does it an intent and sense a sense of feeling or vibe that you get just listening to the music it comes together it, it invokes an emotion yeah. you know a, a, a look steve vi joe satriani are great guitarists they both have mm-hmm. solo albums but are really is really anybody listening to it that aren't guitarists you know true yeah and uh, again, that's not a knock. I mean, again, people probably nobody knew who Steve I was until he joined David Lee Roth and Whitesnake, right? And and he added so much more to those bands. Uh, so that's kind of that's kind of what it is now. I'm I've been a little bit more open. As oddly enough, as I've gotten older, I've been a little bit more open to you know a little bit of country, a little bit more about blues. I think yeah. you know I think Gary Clark Jr. has got some great oh. stuff. I mean, he's yeah. Yeah, if people don't know who Gary Clark Jr. is, you know, I mean, he's just got the right amount of rawness, Mm -hmm. you know, is his you know messaging he's got, um, you know, the new new blues, right? Is that even such half the time on these podcasts? I just pretend to know what my guests are talking about, (laughs) and then if I do, I add something. If I don't, I just oh well, Gary Clark Jr. is dope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh he's he's been out there. Joe Joe Bonamas is another guy who's out mm. there too, just got some really blue. And again, it's it's some of it, you know, and it goes back to that whole weekend in Nashville where I, you know, you're talking about playing an orchestra, Jamie, right? Is I yeah. wish I stuck with a little bit more because the more now I've realized in life. So kids, stick through it, join your band, join your drum core, because if you're really truly yeah. into drums, stay in the core because that will lead you on long-term. And again, yeah. this is something I've learned from my guests going to the workshop there with Jim Riley is those that are in core build the chops. And then look, if you want to go in a band later in life and so forth, it's great, but you also need to know your craft. You yeah. need to really yeah. understand because that will take you a lot longer where I, I, that's the realization. It's like, I grew up listening to music. It was all about the, you know, Okay, Motley Crue. We'll pick on Motley Crue. Look, nobody, nobody thinks any of those guys in that band are soul singularly the virtuosos of the band. Sure. Right? It's it's not like Rush, right? And but if you have the, those abilities, you will have, and if you want to be a musician for the rest of your life, I think those are the things you need to do. You're a drummer for the yeah. rest of your life. You need to be really good at your chops. Be good at your yeah. instrument. And I think, yeah. unfortunately, back in the 90s, there was such a 180 degrees on musicians and solos and things, flashiness, because the yep, 80s yep. had been so much excess. Yeah. yeah. It was like, it was a very put off. <laughs> Cut the solo. Cut the solo. Yeah. Right. Right. And yeah. it was to say, well, these guys can't <laughs> play solos because they're not really good at their, they're not really good musicians or music, you know, or whatever the case may be. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not, and again, too, there's a, there's a time and a place for solos and so forth, but you've got to yeah. be good at witchcraft. So I think drum core is definitely something that if you're into it young or, you know, it, stay to it because you could have a long leading life 
heck, if you don't know, for those that are listening, don't know who uh, the band Toto is, right? Yeah, Toto. Yeah. Okay. I mean, these guys, uh, you know, here they've made these classic songs everyone knows about. You know, mm-hmm. Weezer's covered one of their major songs. I was about songs. to say, one of Jamie's yeah. favorite bands covered one of their songs. Yeah, I was going to say, we, Weezer <laughs> right. brought it back, and we talked about it on this on this very podcast a couple of years ago. Right, yeah, yeah. You're talking about the different, right, the different uh, the albums that they produced or put out. Yeah. And uh, again, most of my kids, my kids are familiar with that song now, you know, familiar with Africa sure. because it's on the radio because of the Weezer right. version, right? And they're like, <laughs> nice. again, it's like, hey, you know, there was a band before this and th- that band was actually not the knock Weezer, but again, I think musically, right. again, Toto was a bunch of studio musicians that got together yeah. to do that. And did you know, actually, guys, that because they were so sought after and they were studio musicians, they actually provided a lot of material to the Thriller album. Ooh, I did not. Really? Wow. Yeah, I had no idea. So there is a song. Um, I'm going to draw a blank now. There's a song that Michael Jackson has on his album that was practically, yeah, go look up Thriller and then go look up the name of the guys that are in Toto and you'll see wow. that are, there's a lot of names to it. They, Quincy Jones, oh, I, wow. I I'm drawing a blank now on which song it was. Uh, I think, he, oh, Human Nature. I think it is. Uh, there's It's a little bit more subdued kind of song. Uh, and they wrote Toto. The guy, some of the guys in the band had wrote it. And then Quincy Jones That's had cool. heard it, had bought it, or had Michael Jackson actually do that song. And then, but yeah. yeah, hey, that's great. If you got Michael Jackson, you know, performing your music, you know, huh. yeah, you, you never need to right. work it anymore, right? Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, talk about Paul McCartney, Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. you know, being able to get uh, that cloud to buy that yes. catalog. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That is that is definitely some amazing stuff. Um, gosh, I'm so, so glad we had you on here. I'm I'm sorry we're gonna have to wrap it up, but uh, we should have you on again. It's yep, I yep. like drinking rum. Part so. part two. <laughs> Actually, that's Jimmy, right. so how are you doing as far as your rums? Where are you at? Um, I've tasted them all. I've okay. tasted them all. Some all right. of them, uh, some of them are still pretty full. You well, know? you got some for tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't drink every ounce, but I did have the nasty stuff, even the sliced <laughs> apple. Actually, it wasn't nasty. I just would not say it was good. <laughs> right. It was just like, oh, this you was... could mix that with some Zima. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I, so I, pop, I, pop. I will say though, I was surprised at how like um, almost almost uh, you know Scotch or bourbon like that mm. some of these were. Um, I just maybe I usually drink cheap rum, but uh, I liked these. Well, I think when we've hung out, Jamie, you've always would used to order. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe I'm sharing something I shouldn't have, but yeah, you'd always <laughs> order a beer and some shitty, as you would say, shitty vodka, right? That's my drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and and that's the nice thing. If if uh, you get to know the server, I just walk in and I tell them the beer, and then I I just say, yeah, I'll have a Guinness and a shitty, or I'll have a hop gun and a shitty, and they they know what that means. <laughs> So chilled, chilled though. We always want the shitty chilled. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 
You, you don't. You, you <laughs> never want to drink a shitty vodka at room temperature. And here's here's an unfortunate thing in Florida is a lot of our well, it's fortunate in some ways, but unfortunate in others. Um, a lot of our bars are outdoors and it's warm here. Yeah. You want to chill that shitty vodka <laughs> because it might be seventy nine degrees. Yeah. Eighty three degrees, and you do not want to drink eighty three degree shitty vodka it's so like we, drinking you know drinking sandpaper yeah well i was like we've, we've got one out here that's like a local distillery and they make like a cheap vodka and my wife buys it just to use for cleaning and so i'm like <laughs> oh i'm like okay well I, you know i'll use that for like a moscow meal or something but like i try that next to some great goose and it's like i know great goose is it's a big thing but it's smooth you know what i'm saying i yeah. try next to great goose i'm like oh okay i see why we buy this for cleaning it's like in you know, a big plastic bottle yeah. you know what i'm saying i'm like okay yeah. Well, did you know that that during the pandemic last year, a lot of distilleries had switched over to making hand sanitizer? Hand sanitizer. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yes, I yeah. do know this. Yes. <laughs> All they had to do is change one little bit of the formula. Yeah. I, I don't know that that's true. They probably had to do a lot more than that. But yeah. it's and they, hand and they, sanitizer you can drink. It's fine. It's cool. Right. And they say and they, and they save the world with booze. Right. right? It's fine, officer. Uh. It's hand sanitizer. oh well it's it's been a good time uh paul tell the listeners a little bit about like where they can find your stuff obviously you got a website yep yep so you could check out drums and rums at drumsandrums.com and uh i i got some work to do on the website there but you definitely can hit some of the stuff we have there as far as uh, there's a, you know, the, you can listen directly to the podcasts that are posted every week, every Tuesday, there's a new podcast always dropped. Some of the, the some of the videos I've done uh, coming up, I can't, I can't believe it's already almost a year that we came up with the idea about the t- 25 days of rum, rum miss. It was a, a play on the fact that there was, I couldn't get my hands on a rum advent calendar. So we did our little <laughs> gorilla style version of it last year and we did 25 rums of uh, little rum bottles and whatever it was again i didn't know what the i didn't know what the rums were in each the bags that my wife had put together and so every night that i picked one off the wall whatever the day it was it was like okay this is what we're having and then the next following day i would make some type of drink with it and try to figure it out and then pick the next one so you want to talk about yeah the consistency that was definitely one of those consistency things and uh just keep trucking along every day, posting a new little quick little video clip and snippet out. You know, again, nice. you can go to YouTube and see those uh, rum miss, but we're going to do that again this year. Uh, the podcast, again, it's on all your platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts. So leave a rating, definitely leave a review, uh, you, Spotify, also, Pandora, so forth. You've also started doing like a weekly thing too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Talk again, that. Yeah, as if I wasn't a glutton for punishment and I have so much free time. Um, I started up a just a fun little, you know, uh, nothing, nothing too serious Facebook live every Friday night. It, 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 I think I finally settled on at eight o'clock and it's called Eastern Time. Eastern Time, right. Yeah. The, the biggest happy hour in a half an hour. Mm. right so that means that means that whatever the, your typical happy hour that you go to and you drink whatever it is you have to drink the same amount but only in 30 <laughs> minutes so but if i'm in my car at lunch on the west coast right <laughs> hey listen i'm sure you've heard this this saying before 
it's five o'clock somewhere. That's right. If it's in a coffee <laughs> cup, it's fine. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> and actually that's where they filmed the video here in Jupiter is at the Alan Jackson video for it's five o'clock somewhere here in the. Oh, uh, wow. I didn't the, know that was filmed. Yes. Locally. That was there at the square grouper here in Jupiter. It's five o'clock somewhere. So if you ever see the video, it's five o'clock somewhere. That's actually filmed here in Jupiter. I'm going to go watch the, that when we have our, it doesn't look like it is now because it's been a few, a few years ago, but uh, yeah, so available Spotify, Pandora, you know, Apple on all the large locations Friday night over on Facebook, go visit the page there. It's every week. We'll go in eight o'clock again. We'll have some guests. Maybe we have guests in person to kind of hang out at the bar here. Uh, or even sometimes we'll have zoom guests. I've had some of the distillers on that as that I've had on the podcast join in. Uh, so it's been a great support. Again, it's it's a little bit silly. It's a little bit nothing too crazy. It's just a chance to hang out, drink some booze, chat with the, the viewers, uh, talk about, and really it's to talk up. Here's what we did this week. Here's what's coming up. Kind of a little bit of a pre nice. premiere. And then also over on Instagram, there's a lot of postings over there as well, too. So um, again, there's a lot. Yeah, luckily, you know, I'm, I'm knocking on wood because I'm here in Florida that this year it's been a little bit quiet, a little bit more quieter for us in Florida as far as hurricane season. Yeah. And that's yeah. been a that was probably one of the biggest challenges that I had last year was 2020 was very difficult for me to try yeah. to start a podcast up and be somewhat consistent. Yeah. Yeah. So drumsandrums.com. I think you can get to all that stuff from, from there. So. Well, I, I, I feel you on the Florida stuff. Uh, I, I, I've got similar concerns. Um, Although in my industry, that if if the hurricane hits, I get very busy. So, well, we we all do, we all do, right? So, right, right. Uh, so for my socials, I'm a Royal Ruckus official. Not doing a whole lot on there, but you can uh, follow me at just Jamie J U S T J A M E Y on Instagram. Uh, of course, Instagram is also where Nomadic is hosting our. Uh, our own page at Brews Beards. What else you got for us, Nomadic? Um, and then you can find me at Nomadic Vagabond, Nomadic with a K, not a C. Um, <laughs> Good clarification. <laughs> well, you know, just to make sure, you know, for for the twelve people who haven't checked in yet, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, it's like maybe we'll you know hop on some ig live sometime and do something like that that'd be cool yeah um that'd know, be nice i think um you know maybe the the end the year end wrap up with some of our guests i don't know i mean we got we got ideas but you know, just that'd be fun everybody for popping on and checking us out yeah yeah so, that that would be coast fun let's go man yeah well, dude, uh, I want to put you on the spot for something, and then we're going to close out. Uh, if if I were to ask you what your favorite rap song is of all time, what would you oh, say? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. This, this can really, your listeners will definitely judge me on what my answer is here. We're both middle-aged here, so if you yeah. have that so, answer, they won't. <laughs> sometimes the judgment is very positive. So yeah, yeah. It's good judgment. let's get it out there so we can judge. Man, this is this and now I now I realize this is what I get put through, or the, the realization when I had the guests do my in four beats or less or in four sips or less, you know. So depending if you're a drummer or rummer, <laughs> and if you listen to the podcast, you know, and, and I think I yeah, and I had Jamie up with this. So he was 
you were a four four beats or less uh, option because I think I kind of more defined you as more of a dr- in the drummer category. So yes, um, you know, I I, I think uh, there there's 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 times that we go through a little bit harder stuff and anything again as a drummer. I think there's always that beat, right? There's always there's something, and uh, I, I, you know, and some of it is, you know, it's not that I'm not into the messaging, you know, it's not that that's there's anything wrong with. I think because it's very important as we talked about, but you know, like even something as simple as you know, um, uh, you know, something like Two Life Crew. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm I mean, just, you're from Florida. I'm just kidding. So yeah. It's okay. Yeah, it's I'm, fine. Yeah, I'm having, dude. yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, Jamie, Worst case scenario, we play the radio version. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, instrumental. I'm yeah, ja- but Jamie, I'll, I'll let you know if I have Uncle Luke on the podcast here. You definitely can <laughs> come on, right? Oh, yeah, yeah I want to be on that one. <laughs> you definitely check an E for the uh, on that podcast. <laughs> That's a double E. Oh, you I want him to be on the Mr. Rogers of the rap game record. That actually be pretty featuring funny. Luke. Yeah. How incredible yeah. would that be? Let's hook oh, that up. Oh yeah, Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, something like uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, bust a move, right? You know, yeah, young, young NC. Is that uh, your song? Because that's a pretty yeah. good one. You yeah, know? that I think that's pretty good. Again, you know, my man Flea is. He's in, you know, I, I couldn't tell you if he was actually performing it or not. But again, he was in the video before anybody knew who the wow. Chili Peppers really were, right? You know, yeah. real quick. So talking about Flea, he performed on, uh, he did um, something on a Ziggy Marley record and Tracy Chapman. Wow. Really? Yep. Hmm. I think the same year too, like 05, I think. In 2005? Yeah, yeah. I guess, like, oh, I, uh, get it. I guess that's, sorry, that's a dumb question. Like, yeah, oh, 1990, <laughs> 1905. Yeah, yeah. 1905. Yeah, I mean, you know. 1990-05. <laughs> that's the rum talking that's yeah. yeah that's yeah. the rum yeah but he was also in that great Why is film the rum with, always gone that's exactly <laughs> he was also in that film with keanu reeves too right i know that's anthony Kiedis. i'm thinking of back to the future yeah flea was in the back yeah, to the well future. but he but he was in one with um chevy chase too or not chevy chase um his brother not, not his brother sorry that's the rum talking now um <laughs> charlie sheen thank you charlie sheen <laughs> It was called like the chase or something. Anthony Kiedis and yes. Flea were both in that yes, in a with Bronco Christy's, with with yeah. Buffy with Buffy. Yep, 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 yep. Yes. <laughs> I think the rum has us off the rails. All I three of us. Right. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. We we need more. So so I gotta know though. What's the song? It is that it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. All no? right. Bust the move. Well, dressed in yellow. She said hello. <laughs> Here, here's the song so so i i'm i'm jamie bennett also known as chun jay from oral rockets i'm here with romantic bag of bond and we are here with aka too many rums <laughs> and with paul robertson drums and rums all right young mc try to do what those ladies tell us get shot down because you're overzealous play hard to get females get jealous okay smarty go to a party, girls are scantily clad, a showing body. A chick walks by, you wish she could sex her, but you're standing on the wall like you was Poindexter. Next day's function, high class luncheon. Food is served in your stone cold munching. Music comes on, people start to dance, but then you ate so much, you nearly split your pants. A girl starts walking, guys start gawking, sits down next to you and starts talking. Says she wanna dance because she likes the groove, so come on, fat so and just bust the move. The move. Oh, hey, oh, yeah. 
mission Someone could cure your lonely condition Looking for love in all the wrong places No fine girls, just ugly faces From frustration, first inclination Is to become a monk and leave the situation But every dark tunnel has a light of hope So don't hang yourself with a celibate rope New movies showing, so you're going Could care less about the five you're blowing Theater gets dark just to start the show Then you spot a fine woman sitting in your row She's dressed in yellow, she says hello Come sit next to me, you fine fellow You run over there without a second to lose And what comes next? Hey, bust the move But so, so the the thing with um, crap, I lost my train of thought already. That's that's a good thing this show isn't going. Man. You haven't even had any rum yet. Yeah, uh, exactly. I haven't even shown uh, my shown my tits yet. Oh wait, wait, wait hold on. Are you allowed to say that? <laughs> oh, you can say whatever you want. You know, uh, every time we try we try to have an e or a non e. Okay. Like we try to make that choice every time at the end. Um, I think I let some shits fly in the last episode for you to uh that that you're editing right now right you there was one i think there you go all right living yes. on the edge yeah so sorry <laughs> i it, yeah it may happen it, it as i say you know rum rum happens and uh, uh we'll see what happens <laughs> we're not worried we're not worried <laughs> <laughs> yeah boy Oh yeah, what up party people? It's your boy Nomadic Vagabond saying thank you so far for checking out the episode and sticking around for the after party. Really not much of a party, but check it out. Y'all remember how we had our boy Carlos 
from Mestizo Coffee on. Well, check it out. We got a little collaboration thing going on right now where you got a little coupon, okay? If y'all head over to Mestizo.coffee, place an order, and you enter the code SHIPWRECKED, S-H-I-P-W-R-E-K-E-D, you're going to get 10% off your order, all right? Please support this man. It's good coffee, good business, good dude. Um, and thank you for listening. Peace.